Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. So the title of the message this morning is Biblical Giving. I've always hated teaching on giving, uh, primarily because um, I'm one of the benefactors of what you give in terms of giving to the church. Uh, I draw my salary from uh, the tithes that are are brought to the the storehouse, so to speak, uh, as well as the rest of the staff. Uh, But it takes all of us to pay our staff I, I uh, Deb and I, you know, we tithe on the gross of our, uh, of our, you know, respective incomes, and uh, we always have, always will, uh, and um, we, we need to, to do things like maintain the building, maintain the ministries that we, we uh, uh, are a part of, that, that we do in the church and outside the church. We give a lot of money out to uh, parachurch ministries throughout Springfield and Clark County. Uh, we support missionaries. We we, we really do try to be good stewards of your giving and our giving. As we, as we give to the Lord, we want to be good stewards. But the reason that I don't hesitate to teach on giving is not because of what it does for us. Because, you know, every church has to maintain its staff and its facilities and its ministries. I mean, that's just a given. But the reason that I'm excited this morning to teach on biblical giving is because what it does for you. The blessing it is for you. And trust me, it is a blessing. Because here's the thing I want you to notice. As we go through each of the scriptures this morning, we have a generous God who is crazy about you. He loves you with all his heart. He wants to bless you. And and he shared with me like six months ago as I was having my quiet time, and he just highlighted to me, Neil, you got to understand that trust is the primary aspect of any relationship. If there's not trust between you and, and someone else, including me, he said, then you don't have a relationship because trust is the primary feature, the primary element of a relationship. If you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship. And here's what God says about giving. Trust me and give generously and I will outgive you every time. It's, it's in every one of these scriptures you're going to see that element. He's a loving, giving Blessing God who wants to outgive us. He is so generous and he challenges us. It's kind of like a, a, almost a, a competition, a, a friendly competition. When, when Wes was little, uh, Wes and I have, um, Wes is the one that was just up here talking about youth group. He's 26 now. Um, and I loved being a dad, I loved uh, competing with my son. I always would, we, we, would, we would play soccer, we would play you know, all kinds of games together, and we were always competing, and uh, uh, we, we just loved to compete, and it was always friendly and good, and, and I wanted him to succeed. That was the thing. I wanted him to succeed, and, and I never told him this, but there were times that I would be ahead in something, and then I would kind of hold back a little bit so that he would pass me and win, and I would say, dude, you're the comeback kid. You're the comeback kid, man. You, I, you know, I, I, every time I'm just about to beat you, you come back and win. Because my heart was for my son to be a winner and to see himself that way. And so, and so here's what God does. He says, look, 
I want you to be generous and I want you to give. But guess what? Guess what? I'm good and I'm not going to let you beat me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'll tell you this quick story about Wes. When he was still in his crib, <laughs> he had a binky. Now, he had a binky for the first, I don't know, 13 years of his life. I don't know. Is it, it seemed like forever. Actually, he was only a couple years old. You could put it in his mouth upside down, and he would flip it with his tongue. It would just be, bloop. And so his binky was his favorite thing besides apple juice. And so he would, in his crib, before he was talking or walking, we would actually have competition. Now, you can believe this or not, but devil vouched for me, right? He would take his binky and try to throw it on the floor in his room. So, so he would take it out of his mouth, and he would try to throw it on the floor. If it hit the floor, he got a point. If I caught it, I got a point. And it was always close, you know, 13, 14, whatever. Now, I didn't let him win that one. He won it on his own. But he, was, he knew what he was doing. I know he did because he would be like, He'd take it out of his mouth, and he'd kind of stretch, and he'd be laying there, and all of a sudden, he'd be like that. He'd just throw it out, you know. And I, half the time, I didn't catch it, you know. He beat me a lot of times. But, but he knew what he was doing. But it was fun. Our God is a, is a God of joy. Our God is a God of love. Our God is a God who just is so good-hearted and generous. And so I want to, I want to show you this first, first scripture. What, what does the Lord say about giving? This is so awesome. This is the words of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus in, in Luke chapter 6. He's right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. He says some pretty difficult things, you know, and, and uh, you've heard it said, don't, don't, uh, uh, do not kill, but I say don't even be angry. I mean, he's, he took, I think the Sermon on the Mount, two things were happening there. He was taking like the high jump bar, and he was setting at the level of pole vault, and you don't get a pole. He's like, you got to, not only do you, you have to clear this, you actually have to clear this. You know, you've heard it said, do not, uh, uh, you know, do not commit adultery. I say, don't even lust. Don't even look at someone lustfully. Whoa, he just raised the bar from, from high jump to pole vault, and you don't get a pole. Because he said, I'm not doing away with the law. I've come to fulfill it. And what he did is, on the cross, he fulfilled the law for us. He actually, you break the law, you die. You break the law, you die. And so he died in our place as us. He actually died as us, as the last Adam. He took our sin. He was the perfect son of God, never sinned, took our sin, nailed it to the cross. He nailed us to the cross in himself and, and then was resurrected on the other side of the fulfillment of the law. And then he sent his spirit who wrote the law in our hearts. Now we don't, we don't, we don't keep the rules that are written in the Old Testament we keep, the, rule, uh, the, we keep the, the law of love written on our hearts. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I think that's how he said it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's, it'll be written on your hearts. And so, and so, um, as he, as he, so he, he doesn't tell us we, we have to live out in our own strength the Sermon on the Mount Basically, he shows us how impossible it is, and then later on he tells us, hey, by the way, guys, you don't have to do that. I'm going to do it through you. I'm going to love through you. I'm going to serve through you. I'm going to do all these amazing things through you. So don't, it's, it's good. But here's what he does say about giving in Luke, uh, Luke 6.38. He says, give, and, and most translations, this is the NLT, most translations say give and it will be given to you. The King James, it will be given unto you. Here in the, the NLT, it says, give and you will receive. 
your gift will return to you in full. It's like a boomerang, man. Give and you'll receive. But he doesn't just stop there because God's not going to be outgiven by us. He says, press down, shaken together, to make room for more, running over, and poured into your lap. The, the amount you give will, be, will determine the amount you get back. Now, he's basically saying, I want you to trust me. And if you'll trust me and be generous, I'll outgive you every time. How many of you have seen that happen in your own life? Look at the hands, guys. We try to give something, and, and we all of a sudden, bam, it's right back at us. And it's, it, Here's the picture. Uh, Jesus lived in an agrarian society, as did Solomon, which is the next scripture. Remember that. Agrarian society, you live off the land. Grain and wine were a big deal to people in Jesus' culture and Solomon's culture. And so when you went to buy grain, you went to the vendor... And, and you gave them your money, and then you either had you either lift your skirt and let that be the bag that you carried your grain back home in, or you brought a bag or whatever, or a bushel basket, you know, a basket or whatever. But but here's the thing: Jesus gives gives this picture of a very very generous vendor. You give him the money, and and it says he gives back. He fills the the, the basket or the the sack or the the lap. Of, of the robe, shake it together, press it down, pour more in, shake it, press it, pour more in until it overflows. Man, that is a generous vendor. And Jesus says that's the picture of God. When you give, he shakes it, he presses it, he pours in, he shakes it, he presses it, he pours in so that you get the most for your money. Okay? I love that. Pour it into your lap. This, we, we, a, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about in Ephesians, God's lavish, he lavishes his grace on us. He lavishes his love. God is a lavish God, just lavishing good things on his children. And so here's my first point. God always will give you, every single time. It may take a little bit. It may take a while. You may not see it immediately. But sooner or later, it will come back to you with interest. It, will, it just will. That's how he is. I love this next one. Honor the Lord with your wealth. This is Proverbs 3.9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. First fruits. The first. Very first. <laughs> the first thing that you get, you give back to God. It's always been that way in Scripture. It's a matter of relationship. It's a matter of trust. You, if you trust me and you love me, give me your first fruits. And, and again, agrarian society, first fruits of all your crops. In, in our situation, it would be, you know, uh, I, I really believe in tithing off the gross, uh, gross income. Now, some people say to me, should I tithe off the gross, gross income, tithe, tithe off the, the net income when I'm giving my tithe to the church? We'll talk about that in a moment. And, um, you know, uh, one of our elders, Jim DeKaiser, said, what do you want God to bless, the gross or the, or the net? Which, which do you want? Because in the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. That's just the, that's the principle. And then it says this, then your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Again, grain and new wine, grain and wine were a big deal in that culture. It's not so much in ours. So let me just put it in the NHV, the Neil Haney version. Then your refrigerator will be filled overflowing so that you have a hard time closing the door. You kind of have to rearrange things so you get the door closed. And your bank, bank account will be, will, will be filled. 
That, I mean, honestly, guys, that's not being irreverent or stretching the truth in any way. That's how God works. That's who God is. So, number two, God wants you to bring to him the first part. You know, I, um, you know we used to pass the basket. That was kind of the way that you did it in, in the, the old days. And now we, we have ba- you know, boxes attached to the wall back there. It's a little safer because you can't grab those and run off with it. You know, if you happen to get up to use the bathroom and you see a basket of money laying there, you can just take off. Those are a little hard to get off the wall. You might draw attention to yourself, so I wouldn't advise it. But anyway, and our bouncers will ultimately get to you. Um, but, you know, what I've done is, is um, I've just, uh, you know, when I found out I could do this, I just had uh, uh, Lynn just, uh, or talk to the bank. I forget how, this has been so long ago now, I don't even remember how I did this. But before I get my paycheck and it's deposited into my bank account, uh, the 10% of my gross income goes directly to the bank. They write a check and mail it to the church. So I never see the money. And some people might say, well, that's not an act of worship if the bank's sending the check. Yeah, it is, honestly. Because I love the Lord and I want to, I want to, to, to give to, I want to give to this church. I love this church. I want to give to this church. I want this church to flourish. And so before I ever even see that money, the first part of my check has gone in. And, um, and guys, I'm not violating a biblical principle by telling you that. I feel like everyone should give generously. It says, Jesus said, when you give to the poor, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And so to give a testimony about tithing is, is not a problem. Uh, it's, it's just that when we're generous to the poor, we need to do, to do that in a way that only, that's just between us and God, okay? But let me show you this, this next scripture because this was, this was an Old Testament law. And, and I don't believe that the Old Testament law has come into the New Testament. I believe that Jesus fulfilled the law in every way. And if you'll read Romans, the first few verses of Romans 7, you'll find out. We're, and the last few verses of Romans 6, we're not under the law anymore. We're not tied to the law. The law is tied to our hearts in the Spirit. But, but this is the last book of the Bible the last Old Testament prophet that records this, and it says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. Tithe means 10% or 10th part, the 10th part. I get a kick out of people. They've, they've come to me and they said, hey, hey Neil, I'm, uh, my wife and I prayed and we decided, to give, uh, we decided to tithe 5% of our income. I'm like, well, that, that's really, I'm really happy about that, and God will bless you for that, but that doesn't even make sense. I'm going to give 5% of... And I'm going to give 10% by giving 5%. And so um, let me just say this for the record. How do you know how much to give to God? Like how much is generous? How much is good? How much is, you know, and, and I believe what the Lord was doing in the tithe was giving kind of a baseline. You know, because um, I, I really believe with all my heart, and I've experienced this in my own life, that it's you, you will do a lot better living off of 90% of your income than 100% because of everything I've already said, because God is a generous God. And, he, and, and you look at this next line. He says, test me in this, says the, the Lord Almighty. Test me in this and see if, 
If I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. This is the only place in Scripture that he allows us to test him and even encourages us to test him. Try to throw that binky on the floor. Go ahead and try, you know. But I want to I point out something else here. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Guys, I believe that in general, the first 10% of our giving, even though it's not a law, I think it's a baseline. I believe it's a, a jumping off place, so to speak. So you're not under a curse if you don't give 10% to the church. But I believe the tithes should come to the church. The, the first 10% comes here. And then everything else that you give to, you know, to the jail ministry or a pregnancy resource center or to... Um, uh, the uh, uh, the house uh, for for you know the human safe harbor house you know anything like that that's an offering that's above the tie that's above the ten percent I think that's just a good rule of thumb it's not a law you're not going to be I I had someone tell me this week that they they tie they used to tie they went to a church that taught that taught this as you are under a curse if you do not give ten percent to the church. And they said, we, I gave out of fear uh, because I felt like a God would smite me if I didn't give 10%. God is not going to smite you, okay? If you give nothing, God won't smite you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to be generous so he can be generous. But he's not going to smite you if you don't give 10% of the church. But God, if, guys, if everyone did that, if everyone gave the first 10% of their the first fruits here, we wouldn't have a financial problem. Wes wouldn't be giving Lynn headaches every week running her saying, where, where can we find enough money to do this or that for the youth room or for whatever? Every week there's this, bless her heart, Lynn, is, she's our office administrator, financial secretary, and she is a saint of saints because she can put up with, with my um, absent-mindedness and, and Wes's desire for uh, doing another project. And she, and she has to really hold the reins on him and really keep pushing me to be organized. And so God bless her, pray for her. But, but we wouldn't have that problem. She wouldn't, at least she wouldn't have half that problem with, with, with projects and stuff like that if, if there was money in God's house to do it. So please be generous. Please bring the tenth here. And, and, and uh, just test the Lord. Test him. And see if he won't throw open the, the store, storehouse of heaven, the floodgates. I heard uh, just in the last couple of weeks, uh, Dennis told me this. A friend of his wrote a, wrote a check to the church for the very first time. I'm so happy about that because you're going to be so blessed. But they had the courage to write that very first check to the church. And they dropped it in one of the boxes on the way out. And as they're walking out of the church, they get a phone call. And it's Kroger. And it's Kroger telling them that they've won a gift basket of groceries. This person had never won anything in their entire life. They write that first check, and before they can get in their car, God's already paid them back. That's how this thing can work. I mean, honestly, God is a generous God. He wants to bless us. He wants to pay us back in, in, in many times over. It's God's desire to bless you. Again, it's not a law, 
but it is something that God can use to bless you. I'd like to ask Sharon Monroe to come up. Um, Sharon Monroe does not want to come up. She's doing this out of obedience to the Lord and out of a lot of pressure from me. <laughs> Sharon is one of the most humble, behind-the-scenes people that I know, and she is a blessing to me, huge blessing to me, huge blessing to this church. She is on our daily prayer team. Uh, she, is, um, uh, she works with me in integrated healing ministry. Uh, session. She she is just um, like like she has done so. She she's working with Lynn right now to uh, this PPE or PPP thing that we got from the government. Uh, she's helping her fill out the paperwork so that we don't have to pay that loan back. I mean, she she takes care of a lot of financial stuff for the church in terms of records and that sort of thing. Also FOT. So she does just a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes. But you would never know that she was even here most of the time. You know, she's, been, she's one of the few people that actually has been at our church longer than me. I've been here 33 years, and she's been here longer than that. And she's only 40, so, you know, I don't know how that works. But, <laughs> but anyway, but I want her to tell you quickly her story about giving. So, Sharon, I, and she doesn't want to do this, okay? I'm making her do this, and the Lord's going to bless her. But anyway, here you go, Sharon. I thought you were going to interview me. So oh, well, okay, yes, say. I will interview you. Okay, so, so Sharon, um, uh, you, at some point around the time that your, your daughter and the other young woman that, that was living in your home, they flew, the, you know, they left the nest, you had already determined in your heart to do something. Would you tell us what you did that, I don't know if the Lord asked you or if you had just determined, but tell us, how, tell us about that. Uh, it's hard for me to remember whether the Lord asked me or whether it was something I had already determined. That was a long time ago. Could you come this way a little bit? Because we want to see you in the light. I, I know you hate this so much. That's as far as he's going to come. So, yeah. okay. Uh, uh, he, uh, what happened was um, early on when I started coming to this church, I, I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit further than what he said. Um, I, I knew about the tithe. I'm a preacher's kid, by the way, so I know about tithing. But, and I, I didn't do it. I was reluctant. Um, and there was a... Um, I just felt in my heart like I should start tithing. But what I did was I gave 5% to the church and 5% to another organization that was dear to my heart. And then I heard a sermon about giving the whole tithe to the church. And I thought, hmm. I really like this other organization. I don't. How are we going to do this? Well, what I started doing then was giving 10% to the church and 5% to this other organization. It was just like, well, this sort of makes sense. Um, and then as time went on, I didn't miss that. And so I thought one day, well, I was just sort of thinking. I thought, well, you know, um, if I can give 15%, then what if I gave 20%? And it, was, it almost became like a game, like you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, amen. Um, good. And uh, so I decided I was going to start giving 20%, which I did. And I did that without any problems. As long, and my, my daughter and this other girl were in my house. And I thought, Lord, you know, I really think I'd like to give more than 20%, but I'm not going to pl keep playing this game while they're in my house because they may feel a crunch. 
And I don't want them to ever say, well, I didn't get, have what I needed because my mom uh, gave so much <clears throat> to the church or to other organizations. And so um, once they left the house, then I started increasing. Um, I increased the amount that I gave over a period of years. And it was always like the game. Am I going to be missing anything or not? And I never was, and I hesitate to say. <laughs> uh, now I'm giving over 50% of my income. And it's because the Lord has just blessed me. I don't miss it at all. <laughs> Not at all. It just, um, I, could, I could even give more than that and not miss it uh, because God has been so faithful to me. I'm not, I, I consider this a spiritual gift. It's listed in um, the gifts yeah, of the Spirit. In the gifts yes. in chapter 12 of Romans, mm -hmm. the end of uh, Romans. Generosity, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that is my spiritual gift, but... One of I, them, one of them. <laughs> I am, um, I'm encouraging people to take God at his word. Yeah. You don't need to give 50%. You don't need to give 60 even 30 or 20 But God, just take God at his word. And so, so, Sharon, one more question. So, yeah, I don't know what happened with the lights just now. It's something weird. But anyway, um, so what, uh, so, so you decided to retire how many years ago? Uh, <laughs> when I was 66. So way. about five uh, years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. Nine years ago. Nine years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you, you are amazing. Uh, I didn't fully retire at that point. Yeah. Um, I still but, worked a little bit. But you went to your financial advisor and said, now, now she was a, a tech at community hospital. She was a lab tech at community hospital. So she wasn't like, she's not pulling down, you know, six figures. Um, what did your financial advisor tell you about your ability to retire at that point? He said, go for it. Because? I had enough to do what I wanted to do is continue to give the 50% and, and have enough to live on. And what else? What have you done? You've traveled? Oh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've traveled all over the United States. I've been to Alaska twice. Yay. Um, yeah. And, um, and that's, that's been a real blessing, too. Um, I think the only state I haven't been in is Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's over a period of, uh, of time, not just all recently, but quite a bit of it has been recent. Yeah. So. What'd you do on your 70th birthday, real quick? My 70th. Yeah. Didn't you jump out of an airplane? <sighs> that was my 60th. Oh, 60th. No, that okay. was retirement. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I went bungee jumping too to celebrate one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Wow. Thanks, Sharon. So she gives 50% of her income away. She goes to her financial advisor and he says, you have enough money to retire and continue to give 50% of your income, your retirement income, and do what you want to, live like you want to. That is phenomenal. That doesn't even make sense to me. It's like, what? You, you don't give that much money away and then be able to retire. But that's how God is. You can't outgive him. It's, I love the fact that she reiterated the, the whole thing of, of the game um, because... The Lord wants to, he wants us to, he said, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vine in your fields will not drop their fruit before they're ripe. In other words, 
you, your, your car won't wear out, your, your clothes won't wear out, you know, you, uh, you'll have enough to eat, you, you know, I'm going to take care of you, just trust me and give, be generous, try, just try to outgive me, then all the nations will call you blessed, I love that. So God invites us to test him to bless, to bless us. We test him so he can bless us. And now the final uh, scripture uh, from 2 Corinthians, nine, uh, yeah, 2 Corinthians 9, it says this. It says, remember this. Let me find my place here. Five, six, yeah, that's it. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will reap generously. That's what we just heard. Some of the people that have the most financial problems I know have never given anything to the Lord. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It's counterintuitive, but it's the way it works. Each of you should give what has de- you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So the person who said that I used to tithe because I thought if I didn't, I would be smitten by the Lord or smote or whatever the word is, um, has decided that what they can do right now is 5%. And they, and they said that apologetically to me. They said, I'm sorry, but that's all we can do right now. Is that okay? And I'm like, absolutely. But do me a favor. Just, just do it joyfully. Give 5% joyfully and God will bless you. You know, I mean, because, because here's the point. God loves for you to give with a joyful heart. Man, when you give, give with joy. Uh, Phil Shank, my predecessor, used to call it hilarious, hilarious giving. Just hilariously give and just expect God's blessing as you do. We don't give to get. We give to bless others. We give to bless the church. But in blessing others, in blessing the church, there's a, there's a proverb I wish I remembered the address right this second, but it says, um, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's the law of reciprocity. You sow, you reap, and you reap with, with interest, always with the Lord. That's the law. That's the principle. And so what else does it say? And God is able to bless you abundantly. God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, or at, at all times... That's pretty all-inclusive, right, at all times. Having all that you need, in all, I'm sorry, in all things, that's pretty all-inclusive, at all times. So in all things, at all times, having all that you need, he's going to make sure that you have what you need. You will abound in every good work. For he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food will also supply and increase your store of seed, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. What a great promise. What a great promise. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. If you don't hear anything else I said, you know, just remember this. You cannot outgive God. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.